950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show, 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205 is the phone number. Um, earlier today, Minnesota lost one of its uh, longer-serving senators. Senator Dave Durenberger has passed away at the age of 88, a longtime Republican. He served up until, I believe it was 19, uh, 1994. 94, 94, 92, 94, I think it was, 94, actually. And uh, he, uh, of course, uh, was 88 years old, served 16 years in the Senate as a moderate Republican champion in affordable health care, the Boundary Waters and Americans with Disabilities Act. Uh, Joining us to talk a little bit about him is uh, uh, Dr. David Schultz. He is a Hamline University professor of political science. He knows a lot about Minnesota politics, and he's kind enough to take some time today to give us his insight into the former senator. Professor, thank you very much. I appreciate the time. My pleasure, and thank you for the audience for listening. Of course, uh, David, the you know, D- Durenberger was a. It's really amazing to go back and look at his career today because he just came from a very different time in American politics. I, I, the first thing I, know, I I looked at his his campaigns in seventy eight and eighty two and eighty eight. He he dominated the metro area. I mean, as a Republican, he was wildly popular in the Twin Cities metro. You're absolutely correct. And he came right from a very different era, and from an era when there were still, what, moderates, if not liberals, within the Republican Party. You know, that we had this point in a time in American history where, for example, like the Jacob Javitses, you know, from New York, or the Mark Hatfields and so forth, were, were centrist, if not liberal, Republicans, and at, at the very least, you know, he's 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 a um, was a moderate. In fact, one of his he did a book a few years ago, and it was called "When Republicans Were Liberals," and he wanted to argue that that you could be a Republican, you could be um, somebody who came from that party and still be progressive on a variety of issues, and he represents a different era. Um, he's he wasn't really a he wasn't a Reagan Republican. Uh, I don't know. I'm not quite sure how I would categorize him. I, I'd almost want to say, in some sense, maybe he was a Teddy Roosevelt Republican because he was what pro environment, pro social, mm-hmm. a lot of social legislation. But but he certainly is not a Republican in the way that we think of the Republican Party today. If you look at what he supports today, he clearly would not be part of the Republican Party. Probably be kind of almost a moderate Democrat as the country has shifted so much to the right. But when he started here, it should be mentioned, there was, in the late 70s, there was a pretty decent backlash against the DFL in the state of Minnesota because of mismanagement and the feeling like, you know, appointments were happening that, you know, that were kind of just, you know, for themselves. You know, he was, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't he running for governor and then... The Senator Humphrey, um, had, you know, he passed away, uh, and basically he basically ran in the special election. He decided to shift from the governor's race to the Senate race. Correct? I think if that's correct, yes. And 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 he he wins at a time when there's all kinds of scandals surrounding the um, 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 the Democrats. You're absolutely correct. Is that Hubert? You know, Hubert Humphrey, you know, dies while in office. Um, if I remember correctly, here. And if I, th- I think I think this is the correct one here. Um, yes. And the Democrats tried to um, at that point. Rudy, per- uh, um, no, Anderson. You know, um, Wendell Anderson is governor. Um, 
he steps down from the governorship. Rudy Perpich becomes governor the first time and then names Wendell Anderson um, to the U.S. Senate seat. That's right. And everybody thought this, everybody thought this was kind of a rigged deal. And so what happens is that the Democrats in the election then get absolutely routed in 78, um, where it elects David Durenberger. The Republicans also, if I'm ever correctly at this point, Rudy Boschwitz gets elected at this point, Senate, mm-hmm. and the, 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 the legislature flips. And so it was a, a, pretty big scandal at the time in terms of what's happening um and he he's running Durenberger as what as the clean candidate and again remember at a time this is when the republican party nationwide was disgraced because of richard nixon and because of watergate and he's one of these reform clean republicans you know who's running as what's you're right as a centrist or maybe a liberal back then, but today clearly mm-hmm. he'd be kind of a conservative Democrat. Um, but but certainly he represents um, um, he represented the the antithesis of what was perceived to be a corrupt Democratic Party. Uh, in the seventy eight special election, he basically took uh, he he lost the northern part of the state. Outside of that, he dominated, including a a fairly substantial lead in Hennepin County, which is once again this it was a different time. But he did have an incredible career, which I think even the most liberal person would look back on this and say, "Wait a minute, this was a Republican." He was a sponsor of the mm-hmm. Medicare uh, the, the Medicare Catastrophic Act. He passed the Voting Rights for the Disabled, Americans with Disability Act. He basically passed Bill Clinton's National Community Service Act. Uh, he he right. went and basically the Safe Drinking Water Act. He went against Reagan and passed the Civil Rights Restoration Act, which basically said that any element of a federal contract had to follow the Civil Rights Bill, and Reagan vetoed it. He was part of the group, uh, a bunch of Republicans that overturned that veto. Uh, you know, he established Martin Luther King Jr. Day as a federal holiday. He has a what could be best described as a fairly Democratic-looking resume when you look back at the things that he was able to accomplish. You're right, and I'll throw another one in here. He was also instrumental in helping pass protections for the Boundary Waters um, area right. of Minnesota, too. So you could describe him as what? Pro-environment? Pro-civil rights? Uh, 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 I mean, this, is, this, this, this sounds... I, can, I don't know that many liberal Democrats can claim the, the, the litany of things on his checklist of things that he supported. And, and it's, it's, it's very impressive. His career... Um, was, was very impressive um, in terms of what he did, you know. But unfortunately, we're probably, you know, I know he's passed away today, you know. But but he's got kind of a a, a bad side to his 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 um, career too, is that he leaves the Senate in disgrace, you know, because of you know some financial dealings and so forth like that. That maybe you know we don't have to go into all the details today on the day that he passed away, you know. But but he clearly has this. This, this legacy in terms of both being a progressive Republican, um, um, as a, being clean, but at the same time, I would say also somebody who eventually um, meets his demise because of allegations of corruption, eventually pleads to several uh, misdemeanors, and, and really, um, when he leaves the Senate, he leaves in disgrace. He was, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, he was censured, censured by the Senate for his behavior, and that rarely, rarely happens. Uh, David Schultz, Hamlin University professor of political science, joining us today. And, and David, you bring that up. I mean, he was. It should be noted, he was one of the. He, he was actually censured ninety six to zero because of some financial questions out there. He also the Supreme Minister of the Supreme Court uh, suspended his legal license, which you know that's how he got his start. 
from 91. They did reinstate that back in 2000. But he also, I will make this point because there's a, you know, um, uh, if you look at um, at the, the Republicans at that time, and, you know, there was a, a turnover of Republicans where Republicans, and I've, and I've talked about uh, this before, that there were, there were a lot of mainstream Republicans like Durenberger that basically saw where the Republican Party was starting to go with the age of Newt Gingrich um, and right. basically didn't really want to do that, didn't want to. I mean, this was, you know, as you said, I mean, these, these, they had some very liberal social policies in the Republican Party and the new Republican Party starting 92, 94 in the age of Clinton was absolutely not. You all have to vote this way or you're gone. We'll primary you and you're gone. And, you know, I think Durenberger and, and there have been some other ones, other Republicans as well, that I just think at the end of the day said, you know what, enough's enough. I, I don't need to fight this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to tell a personal story because I knew David Durenberger personally. Um, uh, when I was the executive director for Common Cause Minnesota back in the 90s, uh, uh, believe it or not, you know, when Durenberger was still in office, um, he was actually a big supporter of campaign finance reform and ethics in government. And he was one of my one of my allies at the federal level. But there's a great story I like to tell that in October of 2008, um, about a month before the election where Obama is going to get re- get elected as president, I was giving a talk, excuse me, over at the University of St. Thomas Law School, and David Durenberger um, came to hear me speak. And we finished up late afternoon, and we're standing in the reception line. Senator Durenberger turns to me and he says, uh, David, I don't know if I should get my snacks here or my next reception I'm going to go to. And I said, where's your next reception? And he said, I'm going to a Barack Obama fundraiser. And I looked at him and I said, what the hell are you doing going to a Barack Obama fundraiser? And he said, the Republican Party, there's no place for me anymore. Um, and I thought that was a really amazing statement where he said, I'm really a Republican. He said, but there's just no place for me in my party anymore. And, and I think that tells the story that you're telling here. It's about something that happened with the Gingrich era and subsequently that pe- good, you know, basically people like Durenberger and that basically get ousted uh, and have no room for them anymore. Well, and we could go with Jim Ramstad too. I mean, another uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, prime candidate. And one of the things which I always found was interesting was that both of those guys you know, Republicans got elected basically on Durenberger's coattails with Rod Graham's. Uh, Paulson got elected with uh, on Ramstead's. But it was because in this new type of Republican, which was somewhat, you know, especially toxic towards metro areas, you know, the, the, right. the, those seats now, you know, it's, you know, the Republicans have not had success winning a statewide Senate race. And, you know, Minnesota 3, Minnesota 2 are now becoming pretty solid Democratic seats. And so, you know, it's, yeah. it, it, it's, it's changing it because this, this, this dynamic happened. Durenberger got another Republican in there, but because it was only so much he could do. I can, I can understand, I bet, his frustration of seeing the, the especially in the Tip O'Neill age of, of, of politics right. in, in the 1980s, how they got stuff done away from Reagan even. But yet, they yep. nowadays it was just about ideology. Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. Is that there was a sense in which, and again, if you read David Durenberger's book, you know, where he says at some point, you know, that we put country ahead of party, and I think that's really important to think about here. Is that he could have voted to sustain Ronald Reagan's veto, but he said no. It's better for the country to have um, protection for civil rights. 
you know, it's better for the country to protect um, Americans with disabilities, et cetera, et cetera. And, and he did something that I, I think most of us want to see politicians is to say what? It's country goes ahead of party. Um, that, that serving the public, the public good is more important. And, and, and at his best, that's what David Durenberger was, was about. And that's what I hope most of us will remember him for, is that when David Durenberger was at his best and not at his lowest moments. Uh, you, you, as you talked about endorsements there, he also endorsed uh, in uh, 2010 former Independence Party member Tom Horner for governor. He endorsed Hillary yep. Clinton in 2016, Joe Biden in 2020. Uh, it should be mentioned as well, he was uh, chair of the National Institute of Health Policy uh, and a senior health yep. policy fellow at the University of St. Thomas uh, in St. Paul. I mean, he had a, you know, once again, he left in 94. He's had a, a fairly successful career after the Senate as well. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I was going to say that people also don't know this, is that even though he wasn't in the Senate, he did advise the Obama administration um, when it came to the Affordable Care Act. You know, so he, he's not an official vote out because he was in the Senate, but he probably knew more about health care policy than just about anybody um, that I ever knew um, who served in Congress. You know, I teach a class in health care policy, and I talk about that, is that he was truly an expert in that area, and, and even beyond his term in the Senate, he continued to advise and to and provided you know insights to people you know you know in terms of trying to improve the quality of healthcare. Now, whether or not we agree with all his prescriptions, you know, it's a matter of debate. You know, but 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 he but he did offer um, um, a lot of things that eventually did go into the Affordable Care Act. Can I ask you something? I don't, I don't know if you ever spoke with him lately in here, but I would love to have known what he thought about. The, the 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 during the pandemic the 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 anti-vax push the the you know the kind of mentality there did he did you ever read anything in which he ever said anything about that or did you ever have any conversations with him about that well i did i was going to say so the last time i spoke to senator durenberger um was probably about six to seven months ago uh you know we, we were again we would we've had lunch a couple of times and so forth we did. We actually did a couple of op-eds together, and I know. I think one of the other things that he said to me at one point, when we were talking about the anti-vax movement. Um, he said something to the effect of, "You know, the Republican Party can't be the party that comes out against science." You know, and you know, he didn't quite use the phrase. You know, we can't be the party of crackpots. You know, that would be my words. But he was pretty close to saying that. Is that is that the Republican Party um, had to br- has to embrace knowledge and science and learning and so forth um and not take the positions that they've been doing there so so again i, I remember him having this conversation with me on this one uh, uh so yes yeah, so, so he, he certainly was critical of this wing of the party which would, would probably include what the desantis people now you know who are yeah. coming out against vaccines et cetera, et cetera. yeah he 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 is he would be sharply sharply critical of of, of where the Republican Party is today. Um, and, again, as you pointed out, that's why he wound up becoming, essentially, at the end of his career, he became a Democrat. The I'll, I'll leave it to you here. Uh, obviously, having your personal experience with the former senator, uh, I'll let you, any any final words you want to say on the legacy of Dave Durenberger? Yeah, I, I, again, I think what happened at the end of his career with a variety of mistakes were unfortunate. And, again, I hope, you know, that... The, the work that he did, 
you know, in terms of originally rehabilitating the Republican Party post-Watergate and what he represented in terms of the number of people he helped. I have to think at the end of the day, between his support for civil rights, for the environment, for, for people with disabilities, uh, he made the life of millions of people far better um, than they would have been. And I hope that we can recognize him for that. And, and, and I hope at some point out here, I wish, and I could wave my magic wand, he could be a message to the Republican Party in an era of Donald Trump to say that if the Republicans want again to, to win again in Minnesota, if they want to be considered a serious political party here or nationwide, they need to move closer to back where David Durenberger brought the party than moving further away to where Donald Trump has taken it. Professor David Schultz, a distinguished university professor of political science and legal studies at Hamlin University, kind enough to join us. Professor, thank you very much. Great insight. I really appreciate your time today. No problem. Please have me on again. Thank you. I'd love to, I'll love to have you. I'm going to call you on that one. I'll have you back soon. I guarantee Great. it. Uh, Professor David Thanks. Schultz from Hamlin University, kind enough to join us. Let's take a break. I'm going to have some other final thoughts on Dave Durenberger when I do return. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950.